listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, Episode 80 on EdReach, Playful Learning Initiative with Jeremiah McCall. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, December 8th, 2012. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. And, and this is where Jerry just go, a big voice. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeremiah. And as you can notice, Jerry is not with us today. And that's, that's, no, it's not, it's not good. It's, it's bad. But it's, it's a little sad. <laughs> I'm just, it's a little sad. But uh, he'll be back next week. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to him then. He just wasn't able to make it today. But, but I have a special guest. And that is Jeremiah McCall. Jeremiah, can you share a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll try to fill in a little bit of Jerry's shoes. I'm sure I won't do a great job. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeremiah McCall. I'm a high school history teacher in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I write on simulation games. Um, and today I'm coming to you as uh, part of the Learning Games Network. And we are pleased to have you. Thank you. My name is Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And of course, Jerry, he's not even here, and yet he somehow messed up my blurby. He, he does this. I think he just, I don't know how he does that. Oh, that's Jeremiah, right. He, but he did. Does. I, see, I see it there. Yeah. I think I copied it from last week, but that's okay. He's, he's got so, like an astral projection or something. <laughs> just, yeah. It's, he's, he's a gremlin of many sorts. <laughs> So we brought Jeremiah on today, which uh, we've had him on before and talked about uh, some of the wonderful work he does out in the great state of Ohio. And he's here today talking about the Playful Learning Initiative. And why don't you go ahead and tell us what that is? What is LGN? Okay, so um, I I had the great pleasure of um, running into the people that, that are part of the Learning Games Network. This is a this is a nonprofit uh, spinoff from MIT that's based in Cambridge, uh, and their goal is to really um, fix the problem that that you know, as you know, Zach, we're all facing as teachers. It, it, many of us know that games are are helpful in the classroom. They can have great potential, but it's not easy to get good information on how to actually use games in the classroom effectively. Um, so LGN is, is, is really designed to change that. Uh, they have some games that they've designed. That's not part of sort of my connection with them. Uh, they've even developed a game. De- actually, I should point this out to you, Zach. You'll love it. They have a game designer's toolkit, and you can download it freely from um, their site, and it gives you a set of lessons and instructions for getting kids to learn how to design games, tabletop games, video games, what have you. Um, so, so they're doing great work in, in this area. Um, and I had the good fortune to uh, run into some of the some of the people in charge there. Uh, Alex Chisholm uh, and Peter Stibwell were the ones I ran into at the Games Learning and uh, Society Conference last year. Um, and they invited me to work with them um, to uh, start this playful learning initiative. And the and, and still, I'm quite jealous that Jerry was able to go up to Madison and I was not but I will be there this year 
well, I guess it'll be next year, but yeah, I'll, I'll be up there. So hopefully I'll get to meet some of these people because we've had Peter on before and uh, just a wonderful gentleman Yeah. and gr- great knowledge. Uh, just it's nice when you can get together with a group of like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's good to have discourse, but it's also good to get together and share ideas with those that have the same goals and aspirations. Absolutely. So, it's a it's a great environment. Yeah. So, okay. So you have this, the Learning Games Network, which is wonderful. You said, and I'm really intrigued by the toolkit because I think this is something that I'm really wanting to do uh, is to create some games or have really have my students create some of those games um, that show their, show what they've learned within um, my class, which is, which is a great, I guess, uh, differentiated way of, of gathering that information. Yeah, it's, it's, so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go. So, yeah, it's a phenomenal way to get kids to uh, really learn sort of not just content matter, matter, but sort of think about how it all fits together. I've been doing it for years in history classes, and, and I was really pleased when I got to see a little sample uh, of it at GLS. I found that um, I had been doing many of the same things myself, but they had systematized it and polished it with sort of cards you can hand out and exercises you can do. So yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, resource and it's free. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, especially for educators, is getting something that's free. Absolutely. And yet, and yet still helpful. Yeah. So, Learning Games Network's great website. This spinoff, you know, the Playful uh, Learning Initiative. What? Okay. So, teacher wants to get involved in this. What are what are they actually getting? Because it's not out yet. Correct. Right, correct. So. So what's the whole purpose and I guess point? Okay. So um, th- this is what they asked me to come in and, and work with them on. And I, I'm really excited about this, I got to say. Um, the idea of the Playful Learning Initiative is to create a knowledge base um, about games and their educational uses that will be of benefit to teachers. Um, so let me unpack that a little bit for you. So I really wasn't familiar with the, with the concept of, of a knowledge base when I, when I first uh, joined the LGN folks, um, but they patiently explained it to me over time. And, and here's the thing. If you think about the web um, and you think about the information that's out there, um, just in general, not even about games and, and learning, um, you, you kind of have two sorts of, of models um, which have their limitations. So like you think about the database model, right? So you, th- you think about a standard database. And while that's great at storing information, it's, not, it's pretty static. Users, if you're if you're you know uh, logging in online and you're a user and you don't actually have access to the editing of the database, you can retrieve some some points of information, but you can't make connections, you can't amend things. You know you're not really interacting with it. So, but think about you know at least the sense of a database as a as a repository. Then take the online communities, which are great at having people interact with each other. But the information that gets generated there generally gets lost through the cracks, right? You, you, you say, hey, you know, on, on your, you make a forum post, right? Hey, I want to know how to use Civ in the class or Angry Birds. They, they're apparently using Angry Birds in physics classes. It's kind of cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want to know how to use this. And somebody writes a response back and then somebody else writes a response. But that information never gets sort of gathered, curated, managed so that it can be really helpful. There's, there's too much noise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
there's definitely too much noise out there. And this is something that I've seen over and over and over again, trying to find or trying to put together. Um, and we've even talked about it through EdReach of creating a, a games review, you know, website. So it really, I am excited because this is something maybe to make a connection between the two of, you know, gathering our resources from EdReach and EdGamer and helping curate, I guess that's what you're, you know, curate this, this knowledge uh, to make it useful for teachers. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, and I didn't steal any thunder there, did I? I was just kind of putting no, some no, stuff no, together. No, 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 okay. no. And, and that would be <laughs> terrific. And then, yeah, you know, that word curate, it's kind of a, I guess it's kind of a fancy word. All, all I mean by it, right, is that there, there's going to be humans, you know, involved <laughs> every step of the way uh, at, at looking at the information and sort of uh, making sure that it's helpful, making sure that it's connected well. Uh, yeah, so absolutely, um, we're, we're looking for connections. Um, this is this is about reaching out to teachers, and I think that's the thing that drew me in and got me so excited too. Like you were saying, um, I wrote you know I wrote gaming the past because of this deep conviction that practical advice for teachers is just hard to find when it comes to game-based learning. And, 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 and the Learning Games Network is really trying to do this with this Playful Learning Initiative. Um, and, yeah. and it changes. Yeah. And, well, it right. changes constantly. Right. So, so, yeah. So let me kind of build on that, right? Is, is, so the idea then with this knowledge base is you, you have sort of the basic idea of a database and, and a learning community insofar as uh, there can be membership and a community presence and we're going to work to foster dialogue between people who are on and then we're going to be collecting the, the information that that is um, given to us by teachers but th that's just sort of the, the basics the, the real strength comes into this like I said this curation again but then tagging information so that there are, so that people can make really intelligent searches, um, amending and adding on what, what each other, um, you know, sort of gives to, um, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, <laughs> what, what people give to the site. So, uh, you know, let me give you an example. I always get lost when, when I don't have an example myself. So think about any game like Civilization or, like I said, Angry Birds for Physics or, uh, you know, using Minecraft. Um, a user is going to come in and this is what we're shooting for. We're still in the design stages, but we're, we're picking up steam. User's going to shoot for, well, I don't know about you, but what are the, what are, how do you look for games when you're, when you're um, trying to find out information about games in class? What, what's your approach? Well, it's, it's, you know, I've, my mindset has changed over the years. I used to, um, you know, do searches, you know, I want to find games for this. I want to find a game for this. And, you know, I want to find a game for uh, Egypt. Okay, sure, So sure. I start searching searching for that, and you run into problems. Is that what you're going to talk about? No, no. I, <laughs> because because this, this, is the, this, is the, this is the problem. You usually find that chocolate-covered broccoli right. game when you search for a game on Egypt. And that's basically you're just wanting the kids to walk through some steps and then um, regurgitate the information. Now, there are a few out there. Uh, Percentage-wise, it's very small, right. uh, especially for Egypt. BBC put together the Pyramid, yep, pyramid, uh, pyramid Challenge yeah, and Mummy Maker, and those are phenomenal. Okay, but those are that's few and far between. 
Um, so looking for games that route, usually I come up with nothing. It's usually as I'm playing games and seeing, you know, and, and finding out, hey, this is a lot of fun. Oh, this is, oh, I can make connections here. I can make connections here. And the problem is when you try to make a game specifically for uh, Egypt or history and you're going in with the education side first, you run into problems because the game usually doesn't end up being fun. Right, right. And, and we've, we, you know, we've talked to uh, Dr. You know, G about this and it, 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 usually the games that work the best are off the shelf, you know, are off the shelf games like Civilization, which was made to be fun. And then you can actually make connections to what you are doing in the classroom that route. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And so, so, so let me kind of work with that. Oh, but before I do, uh, I just did a side note because of the wonders of the internet. Do you know about uh, Pharaoh, the city building game? I've seen it. It's on good um, old games now for nine ninety nine, yeah. which means it'll run yep. on any Windows platform machine. So something to check but, out. But I'm get, if I remember correctly, it's it's made to be fun. And yes, they integrated some historical facts. But if, if I wanted to, if I took a look at it and said, okay, I want it to be able to do this, 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 and this, it most likely won't fit the parameters that I want it to fit. Yes. And, and that, so that, right. So that brings us, that brings us into the point is that my sense is, and, and you confirmed it, that's certainly how I approach trying to find a game. And that's been my experience with other teachers asking me when, when they want to find a game. They, they have one of two approaches. The first is exactly like you said. I want to teach about Egypt or, you know, a subset of that. I want to teach about mummification or, you know, uh, the Roman Senate or, or, or whatever. Um, or maybe, I haven't heard this as much, but every once in a while I hear somebody say, boy, I've heard Minecraft is a great game. But I have, what the heck does one do with that? I'd like to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because it wasn't made for it wasn't made for education. It was made to just play. Right. Exactly. And so it was made to play. And so the idea then is what we're hoping is and, and, and it's going to happen. I mean, I really I really think we're we're working hard at this and this is going to happen um, so that we ha we create an easy interface with a variety of ways that people can search um, for information that they need. Whether it is, hey, there's a game. I want to know whether I could do something in, in you know, physics with Portal, uh, and, and what that would mean. Um, I want to I, I want to uh, teach a lesson on Egypt, and I'm not concerned with what game as long as you know as long as it does the things that I need it to do. Um, it, you know, and you and, and we're working. Actually, this is one of the big things that that community that community help is going to be invaluable for is. Um, you know, how, how do people search? What kinds of information are they looking for? Because our goal is to be adaptive and make it as right. easy as possible. And, and how to use it? Because I just had an email from a friend of mine who was asking, hey, is there a good game out there about evolution? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I'm sitting here going, okay, if somebody went out there and tried to build a game concerning evolution, it probably would not fit into the parameters that he would want. But I, I, the game I mentioned to him was Spore. Right, sure. And so, but somebody could look at that. I could have a dozen teachers asking, I need a game on evolution. And I tell them Spore. And then they look at it and go, 
well, how in the world? This has nothing to do. This isn't human body. This isn't, you know, so it's or it's aliens. It's not it's not creatures on Earth. But if you have a a place that you could go and say, okay, I want to search for evolution and spores given. Now there's a place to where people, teachers can give ideas of how spore can be used for evolution and not just leave it open-ended because when teachers see that and then they see all the work that has to be done in order to create lessons to use that game, they get turned off. Exactly. And so, right. And you got it. And so like, uh, so so let me give you a civilization as an example. The reason I bring it up um, is that that's been the game I've been working out, working on the most with the Learning uh, Games Network right now, because we're trying to uh, you know, have some sort of flagship examples, you know, the big games um, a- as our sort of test for how should the data be organized. There's a lot of technical stuff going on that's not really my thing about how the data is being organized and and termed and tagged and stuff like that. Uh, well, and it is kind of the, go- it's one of the gold standard games yeah, exactly. out there for education. It's been studied and studied and studied. Uh, it's also, um, uh, so many different teachers have, have looked at it uh, over the years, and I think it just makes it easy for you to gather information research on. Yeah, exactly. So, so the approach we have right now, and um, as as we're working through this, I mean, this is the approach I took, and and it'll be tweaked and modified um, as we as we continue to get uh, move forward. We're actually we're aiming for uh, alpha in I think February. Uh, I should say that we're aiming for alpha in February, and then I believe April. Um, don't quote me on this, is closed beta. And then by June, we're, we're going for open beta. Um, so I'll explain what that means a little later as far as, you know, uh, as far as trying to get teachers on board. But let's go. OK, so let's go back to Civ. So um, you want you're a history teacher and you want to teach about uh, the role of cities um, in civilizations and maybe some connections to geography. And so you type in um, and this is how it's supposed to work, and you know, and the and the mechanisms are going to be put in place for that. And so you type in cities, or you type in geography, or you type in, I don't know, urban planning, or or, or whatever. Um, but you find some terms, and um, civilization has been tagged with those. Now, why has it been tagged that way? Well, there'll be some starting stuff that's going to be put in by me and other teachers that we're hoping in the in fields that aren't history will will help us early on, and 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 sort of begin tagging certain games. But then as others, as, as users join us and have their own uses for civilization, they're going to add their knowledge too, and that'll add to the tags. I think, I think one big problem, mm-hmm. and it's, it's an overriding problem, is that, yes, yeah, so you mentioned cities, geography. And yeah, there are geography teachers out there would look at this and, and just drool over it. But how many teachers out there actually would say, okay, I want to learn about cities and how civilizations are created. Or would they say, I'm teaching Egypt, I'm teaching China, I'm teaching Mesopotamia, I'm teaching American history. Um, you know, and then they look for specific topics under that, um, under those civilizations. And I think that is, that is a huge problem because a game like Civilization is not really, you can make connections to um you know, ancient civilizations and modern civilizations, and it's good, and it can be used that way. But it's it, you have to have the end in mind, right? And we've we've talked about you know I know we've talked about this before. You have to know what your goals are, 
and you can't be, I guess, close-minded, I guess, in a way that, okay, I'm teaching, you know, um, uh, the American Revolution, and you're you're stuck on that idea. <clears throat> There's deeper ideas and concepts behind why revolutions start, right? Or early civilizations. Why do they start on rivers? Why? So you build up those that core knowledge, that core understanding, and and build it up that route. And I think games they don't necessarily hit on specific areas. Your connections are made in different in different routes. And it's more of a mindset, and I think that's why gamers are are such different creatures in the first place. And I think that is the difficult stepping stone for a lot of educators to use games. Does that does that make sense, Jeremiah? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I think I, I, I think there's a lot of ways. I, I agree with you fundamentally. I think I think that that concern that you're raising there depends on the game, right? You might imagine mm. uh, if you want yes. to teach Roman warfare. Or if you want to teach on Rome, okay, let's because let's take your general example. You're just going to give you know a, a culture, then there are games that are just focused on that, like Rome Total War, Civ City Rome, Civilization. I, I agree with you, but it, it's that this is the problem actually, right? Civilization is is not the norm in in its scope, in its length, in its you know, and everything like that. And you can do scenarios dealing with Rome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But. But how things work out might not necessarily – it'd be outside the box of what a, a typical history teacher, social studies teacher would see. They're like, well, you know, especially within – one of the first examples I remember using civilization is that some kids had – were Rome, um, and they built the Great Wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a parent was just like, how in the world can the Great Wall – I said, that's fine. You as a teacher can work around that and figure it out. And the kids – <laughs> parent was bothered by it but the kids they're like no that's chinese but you know what it's really good <laughs> right it keeps the barbarians out so you know they used it but they also could differentiate between okay this is this is not roman this is chinese and you, they could do the compare contrast and actively using it actually it helped them understand it even better yeah you know and i think i, I agree with you completely i think i i think that issue you're raising is absolutely true, but let's let's shift for a moment here, right? We're talking about how can we provide teachers with those resources. Right. So I'm de I, I'm definitely not I, I you've got me sold. <laughs> I, and I'm I'm sorry, Jeremiah. Yeah, I know I went on, on a little tangent there, but it's I know that's a little um, it, it's a problem that I know will probably will have to be addressed somewhere down the road. No, I but agree. Going, but going back to, okay, no, sorry, audience, uh, we just went on a little sidestep, a little diatribe there. But uh, going back to how this is useful for the teachers in, in, in almost all cases. Well, I want to, well, I want to, you know, uh, I want to salvage a couple of the things that you said in there because I, I did get, you know, the bigger point and it's well, and it's well made. Um, so how we're approaching this is, Teachers will be able to access those things because I think the thing you, you got to remember with your your scenario there is we've got to start somewhere, right? And if we have yes. a, and if we have a teacher who has no idea what what they want to teach, then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give them different ways that they might approach things. And it might just be I've heard of this game, or it might just be I'm doing 
you know, if I, I'm I'm doing uh, Egypt, and then so here's the thing about okay, so see, I'm I'm trying to do about five things at once too here, um, so <laughs> so um, we're keying it into learning standards. The reason I gave you cities as an example is I you know we're so aware right that teachers have to you know pay pretty close attention to the academic standards that have been set out by their states. Um, you and I were talking about this off mic earlier. It, you know, it's a shame that the Common Core standards haven't come out for social studies because that would be crucial for you know putting in information about something like civilization. It, it could be a little helpful. Yeah, yeah. So what I've done is a stopgap as I've gone with UCLA's history in the schools standards, just knowing that those standards match things that one might see in their own state's social studies curriculum. And so when I did that, I said, okay, well, these are actually the things that are the, the low-hanging fruit, if you will, for what civilization addresses. Uh, and, and, and I looked at the uh, civilizations across time. And so you've got these standards in there for cities, for the agriculture and industrial revolution, for trade and its influence on societies, for... Uh, uh, national philosophies, things like that. So I took those and, and turned them into targets. Okay, so here's a target you might use the game for. So that's one area we're going to have. Here's a target you might use the game for. Then you've got, particularly with a complicated game like Civilization, you've got all these on-ramping materials that a, a teacher might need. If they're really new to the game, they're going to they're gonna want a lot of support. How do, you, how do I learn this game? How do I get my kids to learn this game? How do you know how much time is it going to take? And so we're so we're giving that information too. Um, and but then the thing that's critical, I've created a few documents uh, to this end. Like I've got a tutorial guide that I've used over time, and I've created a set of annotated screenshots um, to to help students learn. Uh, and so these will be resources that will be freely available. But then. What makes it the knowledge base is USAC come in and say, wow, I've got this great little 40-minute exercise or 20-minute exercise that really helps kids learn the game fast um, for this goal. And you submit it, and you're credited with submitting it in one way or another. We're really trying to make sure that, that you know, everybody knows that this is coming from, you know, uh, real teachers. Um, and so you put that in, and then that adds to... Um, the knowledge base of civilization. And then the curators go in and say, okay, well, is that being tagged well so that people will see Zach's implementation? Or like the part you were saying, wow, you could even do the American Revolution with civilization. So you, you contribute that, uh, that nugget. Uh, and, and so that's the idea is that we're creating this sort of dynamic interaction um, where teachers give their knowledge um, and, and, and it, and it's the practical, but it ranges from targets to how you play to uh, different activities. So like one of the some of the just first stabs I've been doing in Civ are right. Use the world builder to design a terrain that is the best possible terrain for a city. Right. And that becomes a subjective thing. And kids can argue about that. You know, what's mm -hmm. the best possible terrain? Um, uh, or, or make a terrain that's that's like, uh, you know, Egypt. Or Mesopotamia. Yeah, exactly. Or what the Chinese started with. And then you can definitely see, okay, that the if it matches up, you can argue and debate it. Uh, but that is definitely higher order thinking and uh, assessment is, is beautiful on something like that when they can actually physically show you. Yeah. 
or for the teacher who doesn't have enough copies of the game to go around but has one you know i, I mean you could always I, i've advocated this a lot you could always have one screen with it for, with it projected up and just look at the basics of the game and look at the city map and say look at this city map you know you have it prepared up to a population of five or something and you show them how if you click on the different circles different uh, resources are harvested and if that's all you did, that would still be an interesting way to approach the idea of the effect of terrain and resources on on cities. And I, I've I've done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had to do that, and it's it's really nice, especially you know, Civ Five does a pretty. I mean, it's it doesn't it won't run on a computer at school. It's just too big of a, a, yeah, a beast. I, I have a Civ, yeah, Civ Four works fine, and you can zoom in, and, and it's it works out wonderfully. And just thinking about what you're it, this is great because it gives you all different avenues but i'm almost thinking that you need uh different levels so you have civilization here's step one this is uh this is how you teach and introduce you know the game to your students and then there's step two now if you've if you've already done step one you can skip to step two it, it kind of a, a a building base because it could be overwhelming for those newer teachers uh, to come in and see all the different things that can be done, but you have the beginning steps there, and then it can open up to those that are more advanced, and they can move along a little bit um, quicker to get to materials that would fit their level. You, sh you should be doing my job for me. That's exactly so that's, that's exactly what we're shooting for. You're, you're, that's awesome. You're absolutely right. And so the, that makes sense. And so the, the the idea there too is, you know, it's it's that you can easily get what you need, and that it's not overwhelming. And then so how it gets to not be overwhelming gets more into the user interface designers. Um, yes. So but some of the stuff that, you know, I, I'm assuming will be part of it from what little bit I've, I've sort of talked and seen will be the ability to have. I don't know if you ever used this is a bad analogy because they're kind of ugly. But have you ever used Moodle or a content management system or something? <laughs> um uh, no, I haven't. I, I don't currently use any of those at all. Yes, I, I use Moodle. <laughs> the the, the newest version is is actually much better than what it's been the past. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I've actually been using 2.0. I, I just meant aesthetically, not. Oh yeah, not, it's, not as pleasing. it's oh, it's not as beautiful as Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and those are probably the better examples. But the part I was going for is that you know how you can have the different undockable windows and things that yes. disappear if you don't want them and yes. come out if you need them. So that's going to be we're hoping to have part of the design. Uh, I, I've I've heard some good conversation about, you know, having some intelligent prompting, you know, so, oh, you've been, you know, looking at all these things, you know, have you thought about this game? You know, don't 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 use a paperclip. Oh, gosh. Or or Microsoft Bob. Funny, don't use a dog or anything. Funny you should say that. That is our uh, poor. What is it? Was it Clippy? Clippy the paper Clippy. Yeah. Yes. Clippy the <laughs> yes. paperclip is our mantra of what not to do. Uh, okay, good. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but so and then the user interface that that they're exploring is is dealing with some really cool stuff. I can't really explain it, but it is almost like you're playing with shapes on a screen. There's a, there's an amazing world of, of information organization that I just wasn't aware of. And these latest sort of designs of user interfaces so that you're the, the the only word I can really give is manipulating information on screen. So information starts to take shapes and things like that. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's all heady. But the idea is, yeah, absolutely limiting limiting 
limiting information that you get in ways that are helpful so that you're not overwhelmed so that the uber user gets the uber user information and the new user gets the the new user information and that includes like letting people self-identify you know i'm new i don't really want to get overwhelmed by this um so yeah and then and then again community right this idea that people will see that jeremiah mccall has been contributing a lot on the forums and this, that, and the other thing, and and has a personal stake in Rome Total War. And Zach Gilbert's, you know, been doing a lot of stuff with civilization. And 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 yeah. So, teachers helping teachers. And that's that's awesome, and it gives them a space that they can use that is free, right? Yep, freely available. That'll be free. Yep. Okay, now I'm looking through our notes here. I think we kind of, I think we did without even, we're so good. Yeah, yeah. You know, we went through this without even knowing that we went through all this. Um, so you were talking about the uh, the alpha mm-hmm. testing. Yeah. I think that's towards the bottom here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Let's, go, let's go there. Absolutely. So um, the other thing, and I'll, I, I see it here in our notes, and it's, it's, um, it's important to bring up. Even though, I mean, this is the thing that, that just has impressed me so much with the great crew at, at um, LGN, is that they have such a clear vision of helping teachers use this pedagogy, uh, this instructional tool effectively. And, and that's not always true of, of uh, researchers and academics, which this is, you know, this is a nonprofit, so they're, they're on the practical end of things. But right. still, it's not always true of researchers and academics and games and learning that they're that they're really focused on the classroom teacher they may be focused on bypassing the classroom teacher and going to parents or things like that um so i i've loved this about them and so there are other people that are other constituents that are going to be involved in the learning games network i mean the 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 sort of long-term goal is that researchers developers of games publishers of games also become a part with the teachers so that so that people aren't talking past each other anymore so that researchers and developers and publishers can learn from teachers what it is that would be more helpful for them and teachers can learn from the researchers and developers and publishers you know why is it they make the games that they do in the way that they do and what can be done to you know help things out um yeah but for teachers it's free this is this this is who it's starting for this is you know this is how we're we're going so we need your help and by your i mean anybody who's listening to us um this is going to be the best it can be when everybody's participating and that could be submitting content that could just be going on and using it and sending us feedback uh, about what works for you and and what doesn't work for you um telling us right now what it is you're looking for um so right now um we we are like beginning the process of recruiting alpha testing teachers so you know if there's anybody out there who'd like to be a a tester in the alpha stage um what that means is basically once the alpha gets launched again i think that's february it might be a little earlier but i think it's february um if you if you 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 log on try to be a regular user so searching for things looking at things if you want to submit content that's excellent but even just you know, navigating the site, playing with things, and then telling us, you know, what what works well, what doesn't work well. Where would you know? I you know, the, I know a teacher who would get horribly bogged bound by that. Well, pass it on. Um, so so that's the first thing we're looking for is getting feedback and participation from teachers. 
Okay. And then once that's, and I'm sitting here thinking, the donkey, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Hey, um, you're, you're picked. We, we sure want, we want everybody thank, who thank wants, wants to, we want all your help. Yeah. No, this is, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited about this. So we have the alpha. Right. And then, and then you get the feedback and then you do some work on it and then we move on to beta. Right. We go to closed beta and, you know, this isn't like, um, um, you know, closed beta of Mech Warrior Online, which still needs some work, by the way, um, it, uh, where, where we're, you know, only picking the few people, you know, some elite group or something. This is closed beta just because we want to, you know, we want to take the people who have been helping us and really make sure that this is this is very polished um, before we start opening up to people. We don't want to turn anybody away. We don't want to create this thing that has that that we haven't tested and worked through and lose people who would otherwise benefit um, by lack of a clear interface or efficient tagging or things like that. So the closed beta is just to push farther, we'll include more people at that point um, and be developing more content at that point. I would, I would think, now I'm just speaking for myself off script, I would think by that point, if we haven't had our alpha teachers, any of them wanting to commit content, we would really be hoping people would wanna be submitting their own games that they love and, and, and um, things like that. We're, we're hoping that teachers, as their comfort level grows, so I mean, you'd be a, you'd be a great example of this. Will will sort of self-identify as people who want to be a curator for a particular game or a particular subject or, or things like that. So that'll be on in the closed beta. I could be the guild leader you for civilization. <laughs> what was that? The dungeon that? master. Was it What's librarian that? with Noah Wiley? The librarian series with the ER guy? I can't remember. Never watched it, but he. Yeah, this book that glowed. I saw it on the movie cover. You Great. Okay, so wonderful. So hey, uh, go ahead. Beta. So June, then we go to open beta, and and we'll we'll be promoting it at Games Learning and Society this year. And Yay. yeah, I'm gonna be there. Me too. I hope so. I have it on my calendar. Should be. I have talked to my much better half, my boss, and she said yes. That's okay. So as long as she can go somewhere. <laughs> on vacation is, i don't think i'm doing any keynotes so i'm still a little bitter about jerry missing it and i mean at least your toilet exploded you had a good excuse i i did yeah. i did so uh yeah that'll be another <laughs> yeah that's a another discussion for another day <laughs> so um what okay so some of the things that you have out there so i want to make sure that people know uh where to find you and also you know you, you've kind of written a book and you might have some other stuff going on I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do have quite a few things going on. Uh, so, uh, you know, still still my my big thing that I'm hoping will get out to as many teachers as possible is my book game in the past. Um, you know, I think we talked about it before, but it never hurts to remind it's it's the first um, practical guidebook for teachers in, uh, in middle school through high school on how to use history games in the classroom. Um, you know, it's that lack of practical advice out there that drove me to wrote that, write that. And, uh, and it's it, it's not going to be dated because it's 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 general ideas that will fit for all. Yeah, it is. It's, it, most of the book is general ideas that will fit for any game. And, and I go through classifications of games. I go through learning plans, uh, you know, how you develop learning plans. How do you assess it? What kind of activities you can do? There is a list in the back of games um, that that are good fits and what standards they might reach or, or uh, might uh, address and, and how you might find them. And it's still pretty good. I got to say it's, 
particularly you're proud of yourself on that aren't you that you, it's still it's not outdated no well you know you know what it is part of it is as you know well right most classroom computers can't run the latest <laughs> so you know when i put in four yes. and i put in civ 5 too you know but but I don't know too many. I don't know too many schools that can run Safari. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So it's. Uh, I would be shocked if there were more than five or ten games out there that have come out in the past year that that you know aren't in there. Um, you can always go to my site, Game in the Past. Uh, I try to keep that updated. I've been a little slow on that for for newer things. So that's one. And then I wrote an article that I'm really excited about in the History Teacher, and I'd love it if people checked it out. It's in the November History Teacher, which. You can get, I think you can get it at any college library. I, I haven't seen one who didn't have it um, called, oh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, right, okay. It's my masterpiece, yeah, and it's called? Yes, it's, the, yeah, uh, Navigating the Problem Space, uh, Historical Simulations and Teaching of History, something like that. Uh, okay, I'm in. You have to make it sound fancy when you put it in, you know. Yeah, um, I'm embarrassed, like but the thing I'm working with is this idea of historical problem spaces. It's a baby I've kind of been working on that, that, simulation games kind of demand us to rethink how we're teaching. And so the idea of a, a, of a problem space, a historical problem space, it's got another meaning in education, um, is just think about the past, any situation in the past, as one with players with goals that had things that could help them and things that could hinder them, and the environment played a critical role in that. Yeah. So, so that article is looking at simulation games and how they do that and things like that. So... Um, Make sure to reach me on my email. Anybody who's interested, I love Top Shop, jmc.hst at gmail.com. Yeah, I, th I think we talked for a good while before we even started the podcast today because uh, it's been a, it's been a little bit of time since we've talked. Yep. And, of course, you know, when you get two history teachers together, I know, I know. Uh, we don't like to talk at all. I think we logged in almost as much time before the podcast. As I think we might have. <laughs> I think we might have. Hey, one little side note. I think I mentioned it in one of the previous um, Ed Gamers. That uh, have you seen Mankind: The History of All no, of Us? Oh, I had a I had a colleague telling me about that. I've got to pick it up. I don't have History Channel. Isn't that weird? Ah. Well, you talk. Ah. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, it's expanded no. cable. Come on. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, you you should be able to get. Uh, they're selling the DVDs. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. I think it's twenty dollars for the whole series on iTunes. Oh yeah. Um, so it's it. yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> there's so much for U.S. history. There is just so much out there, and there's not a ton of things out there for world history. Absolutely. Whatever there is, trust me, I have it. And knowing knowing that fact, and and seeing this series, and I have not watched all of them. I've watched I think two episodes, and it just fits so well with what I teach. Uh, and it's, I'm very impressed. You need to, yeah, you do need to check it out. No, I gather, yeah, I did, I will. I gather it, it goes back into, right, it gets into ag revolution and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's perfect. It goes to, you know, uh, man and the creation of tools and the creation of fire and the creation of writing and it just, oh, it's, it's perfect. And the, the whole concept, it's, it, and to explain this to kids, um, you know, how did they know that planting seeds would grow something? Right. And, That's a great and question. The, one of the scenes that they had, and I, I guess it's just one, it's a, it's a definite possibility of, of it happening, throwing away some of the, the grains that they had and in the garbage area, they'd have a garbage area within your, your little community. Right. And then seeing that, hey, these started growing. 
you know, they this the extra seeds that were just dumped, you know, into the garbage area, and then they started noticing those crops were growing in that area, and make you know one plus one basically seeds right. planting. So that whole somewhere somebody did that, and then it spread. I, I have two. Uh, I have two thoughts on that. One, if I were the person in that position, I'm sure I wouldn't have been observant enough to figure that out. And we. Well, that's it. why. You know, it's kind of funny. They actually said it was a female. Uh, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I I try to avoid those kinds of assumptions, but but I guess I guess I could see that. Well, you know, they're they're the ones that are cooking. They're probably taking care of uh, those type of chores within a small, you know, community. Uh, and <laughs> that, that's what they had. They had a female noticing it, seeing it, saying, hmm, let's do this. Gathering up seeds, planting, you know, putting them in, in the ground. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, so, okay, so this leads me to the other observation. This this clearly needs to be the supplemental text for civilization, the game. <laughs> I mean, I yes. could just see where, you know, when you're going through the technology tree, you could just use that. That sounds great. Yeah, cool. you, you need a you need a garbage area, right? <laughs> and you need to throw seeds into the garbage well, area. Outhouses are not studied enough in history. <laughs> oh, I I think they are more so than what you think. <laughs> yeah, they probably probably are. more modern times. Yeah, probably yeah, probably in Victorian instead of ancient ancient. But yeah, I'm sure that's been found. <laughs> okay, we could go on forever, so I'm going to stop us here. Fair enough. So thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Thanks, Zach. Oh, and I, I got to ask something. I have to add something, Jeremiah. Okay. Uh, on here, that uh, listeners out there, you might want to listen next weekend. Um, my hint will be a TED. Someone who has spoken at TED will be joining us, and they have this this game called the World Peace Game. So that's that's all the hints I'm going to give, which is more than enough because if you Google it, you'll find it pretty quickly. I know I'm going to be so, listening. Awesome. 